real. And an Indian man eats Taco Bell. This <laughs> is church and other drugs. <laughs> My name's Jed. Yo, I'm Jay. My name's Debesh. Was that like like double racist? Uh, what? I wonder if it's like a double negative. If it's like double, it cancels racist, out. They cancel each other out. It cancels right. out. Cancels out. That's so we're good. The lo- logical syllogism. I think. Whoa! That's look at the big brain. It's because he's Indian. I'm gonna have to look. <laughs> <laughs> now that alone by itself is racist. Yeah. yeah. Oh wait, wait. Okay. So um. <laughs> hey, my computer's <laughs> broken. He's... Can you help me? <laughs> While you eat Taco Bell, boom. Oh, Jay, remember when we found out uh, you were like part Mexican and like we were all jumping over the fence and Patrick goes, oh, look, it's a fence. Jay's natural weakness. <laughs> Does this fence scare you? Yeah. Sweating? Um, well, Actually, don't. great. If you're, if you're just tuning in, like uh, we're, we're good people. If this is yeah. If this is your sorry. first time listening. I'm yeah, sorry. we're sorry. Um, <laughs> so let's get started. I want to read an email first from cool. Megan. Uh, the message body was quote You're awesome. Which whenever I see the quote, I'm like, are they being sarcastic? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're awesome. Like, yeah, well, you're shit, awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um. I've only gotten through the first handful of episodes so far, but I have to tell you guys, Caps Lock, thank you. Uh, Dis Caps Lock. (laughs) (laughs) I I grew up and still am Christian like both of you and totally resonate with where you are at with your faith or where you were in the intro episode. And I'm a drunk. I so appreciate you representing people like us who have faith but don't fit that box of what it seems most people think of as a Christian. One difference between us is that I grew up and still live in Northern California. I'm guessing a bit different experience than you two, yeah. Maybe not, Jay. I'm interested to keep listening, learn more about you two, whatever is talked about on the show, and more about myself, too. So thank you and keep it up. You're helping me stay sober, laugh at myself, and laugh at you and your friends. Caps lock, LOL, smiley face emoticon. All the best to both of you. Thanks again, Megan. Yay! Yay! I love getting fucking emails like that. The rest of you lazy jerks, like, take a page out of Megan's book and write I'm us. Saying, I'm saying. How long does it take to write an email? How many text messages a day do you send? Thousands. And you can't write Jay and Jed Thousands. and Debesh a fucking email? For, For real. shame. For shame. What the fuck is Old that? Old Testament God would smite you. He would. Smite. He would. So, uh, so my wife's car broke down last night. Wow, wow. we went from like That's super high. high to super low. No, well, it's gonna get, it's gonna get, uh, well, because I noticed, I love the parallels of things that happen to me when I'm sober versus what when that happened when I was not sober, right? So, <laughs> so last night she called me and she was she was freaking out and stressing, and I was like, it's okay, it's cool, you know, we've got uh, roadside assistance, like we're gonna be fine, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was remembering a time me and her were on our way to get dope and my car broke down and we just looked at each other and we were like, 
I mean, we'll deal with it when we're done. And we just left the car and just <laughs> walked to the dope. Yeah, and then came back, and then came back to the car and did the dope uh-huh. and just sat there. And we're like, oh, sat what there. are we going to do now? Like, I don't know. I'm cool. Like, let's just wait. <laughs> I had a story like that. My buddy's like, oh, I'm just going to take whatever's name's car. We're going to go get some dope. And we just, like, go. And as we're leaving, the guy's coming outside shaking his fist at us. I'm like, dude, you just steal your boy's car? He was like, nice. Yeah. Like, like, it was it was raining in New Orleans across in uh Carrollton and Canal Street, and we hop over the median, and he so we're driving like into a tree. I think it was oh a tree, Lord. but we t- we tipped over, and the car was at like a like a twelve degree angle. We were about to flip. We were supposed to flip, and it just magically just whoop, like corrected itself and landed on all four uh, wheels, and um. And we just we just walk to the dope man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's like, and it's not even not even a question. Like, yeah, uh, like, the option of do we take care of this? No, absolutely not. Like, what are you dogs, dude? Are you crazy? So much more important things to do right now. Yeah. Oh, uh, so another the funniest thing happened to me the other day. So I was at work and uh, number two came a knocking right real bad. And so I went into uh, Fresh Pickens, which is like an outdoor produce. Did you use your? Did you use the app? I should have. My... Oh, yeah. I'm saying. Well, what was I going to call it again? Uh... Place to poo. No, it was like poop review. The poo That's review. It that was it. Poo review. Place to poo yeah. is good too. Um. So uh, and I go to the bathroom and it was locked. And I was like, ugh. And so I'm sitting there hoping it was just someone that had to take a pee, but no, it was definitely like someone taking a poo. And like finally, uh, after like a, after like a good long time, right? This mm. this like woman opens the door and she sees me, and she just gives me that face of like you're about to walk into like a death <laughs> trap. And she looked real embarrassed. Good luck, buddy. And I walked like, in there. Duke smells like the Great Depression, yo. <laughs> Dude, and, and I walked in there and it was bad. Like it was bad. And I I finish up and I'm I'm. I'm walking out and like accidentally the lady pulls, pulls her shopping cart in front of me and makes eye contact and just like just the shame on her face of like, she, and she just like tried to get away from me and we did this awkward dance cause she like moved the wrong way. And I was just like, Oh lady, I know oh, what you so did. Funny. What is it about? Like, I can't go poo if somebody just pooed there and it smells like poo. I can't do it. Ah, uh, I don't know I if can. it's like I'm just cool with my own flavor, but like I'm like I it grosses me the fuck out. That is weird. I mean, I don't like just, it's not just you know if I, okay. I don't like if it, I but if I got to poop, like I'm pooping. Yeah, dude. There's no yeah. <laughs> like nothing is stopping. Me. No, 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 no. Oh man, did you hear? Uh, coming from our home state of Louisiana, about that dude that uh told the cops, "Yo, give me a lawyer, dog." And oh yes, they denied him a lawyer because they they were they're claiming that he asked for a not for an actual an actual dog that is a lawyer. Like come on, like (laughs) and and someone's response was, "Have you never watched Randy Jackson on American Idol? Like come on, dude, that should be Exhibit A." It's like, no, man, I need to be represented by Harvey Birdman. I need a bird lawyer. Yeah, I need someone who specializes in bird law. Yeah, man, that shit is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, 
I love mm. my note. My notes, and it just says "woman that pooped." <laughs> then I saw her shopping, and she looked embarrassed. <laughs> so, like, when people see me writing in this, they're like, "What the fuck?" Oh, the other thing that really grinds my gears is people that put their Instagram and Snapchat like on their car. What? Wait, Why would you that? do that? You haven't seen that? You haven't seen that phenomenon of people that uh, like you know how like it, some cars have like "rest in peace, trick daddy" or like whoever. You know, oh, they put like their Instagram name like on their like as a bumper sticker, as a winch back windshield sticker, like in vinyl, what like huge. Fuck? Follow me on Instagram. Never Some seen that random before. dude. Really? I've seen it. A like, bunch. Must be, it must be a Louisiana thing. Or it, it must be. It must That's be so Louisiana. Get your shit together. Isn't that ridiculous? Though, like they the, lawyer the, dogs. You got the, Instagram <laughs> bumper stickers. The the, <laughs> the arrogance of someone to be like, I think. Everyone I see today should follow me on Instagram. <laughs> like they're gonna love it, and it's probably just they're gonna love my pictures. Right. I hope it's something. I hope his Instagram is like just. They're gonna know. love my pictures of me and a wife beater taking. Oh, yeah, pictures just like a wife beater or... with like like a two bit camera. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, love, phone, I love like <laughs> like that's like fucking Shelby's pictures. He our our friend Shelby. Who's you know those people that are just still like stuck in like. Yeah, I would say like like 2005, and like they're they're rocking like a Motorola, and they're still taking pictures from the side, and every picture is blurry as oh, fuck. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. do you not see like, what I, you're I, doing? How do you even take a picture like that? I don't like, know. Like I don't understand how you could physically take a pi- a blurry picture. Like pe- <laughs> pe- even with like the iPhone five. Like that's what I'm saying. You really gotta fuck to take it up. a fucking blurry yeah. picture. Yeah. I don't it's, know. Uh, yeah, you really gotta screw that up. Oh. <laughs> So, you know, have you ever, maybe this is, I guess there's a lot of stuff about the South that is just unique to the South, but you can tell me, Debesh, do they do this up North? Because, you know, when you pull up to Burger King or McDonald's or wherever, and they're like, would you mind backing up behind that yellow line? Oh, or pulling wait, why up. do they so say that? Why do they say that They again? do that to reset the timer, because whenever a car pulls up, uh, a timer oh, starts. Not, uh... and the, yeah, yeah, and... Um, the management, uh, they have to like meet a quota or yes, whatever. Correct. Oh, wow. No, I don't think I haven't, that hasn't happened to me up here. Well, has it ever happened to you, Jay? I, I can't be alone in this. Or Not they've been like, pull up. Food, really? No, I don't think so. I can't remember. It if may they have. Did, if they did, there. then I just like did it and didn't think anything. Oh, about it. well, I mean, it's like, I feel so cheated or cause I know, I guess most people don't re like, I guess y'all didn't realize what it is for, but I, I know I've worked this. So I want to be like, dude, I'm, I'm doing you a solid, like, how about you hook me up or something like this? I don't have I better to get that up. extra medium fry. That's what I'm saying. Oh, dude. Right. It's not a rule that I back up. You are, mm-hmm. you are asking me like. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's well, you better not double. You, I better not wait another seven and a half minutes for my fucking crispy cheeseburger or whatever the fuck. We're so funny up here with like they have they have a bunch of these coffee kiosks and stuff. They're all over the place. Like little Dutch quick Bros. coffee drive. Dutch Bros. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And speaking of them, like you, I mean, the coffee's great, but whenever you drive up to get your coffee or at the grocery store, they're like, oh, hey man, making your coffee. Like, what are you doing? What are your plans this weekend? Oh yeah, you know? I hate that. No, I'm just like, yeah, Who the everyone. Fuck are you? Like, 
Yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna go smoke a bunch of crack. Like, what? Yeah, you know what, what I'm saying? What's like, the worst what? answer I can give? <laughs> like, like <laughs> it's just like who? And I know they're trained like that. Finally, I uh, maybe it was like an asshole move, but at the grocery store, this dude asked me that question, and I was like, oh, nothing. He's like, oh man, nothing. I'm like, that's you know, and I'm just like, look, dude. I was like, that's just a very. I was like, that's a very odd question to ask someone at a grocery store. <laughs> Why you want to? And know? he like, <laughs> he got, he Why? got so bad. No, really, <laughs> you didn't get embarrassed. No, that's what you gotta hit them with the like whenever they ask like what are you doing just say minding my fucking business what are you <laughs> doing <laughs> i think my my favorite story is my sponsor always tells about he got pulled over by the cops once and they pulled him uh-huh. they roll down the window sir roll down the window he's like um so where do you think you're going and he's like i'm actually going to your house to fuck your wife no he <laughs> didn't dude no he did not but he got the shit kicked out of him oh, I'm sure. sure. that is yeah, great yeah. though isn't that incredible that's incredible man <laughs> that'd be even better if he had that license plate that said uh omw2fyb yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, well, damn, license plate checks out. Like, license plate checks out. Being uh, honest. Uh, well, we're uh, so we're um, we were on the Godspeed podcast a while back, and we are uh, rolling that interview because it is a very good one. Um, so y'all sit back and enjoy that. But just not all of them were super solid. <laughs> I don't know if you heard the Guar episode, but <laughs> that was awesome. No, I did. Oh, what what did was it. what now was I'm weird going, about it? I'm going to. Uh, uh, well, I mean, it was a good experiment, and uh, and of course, like <laughs> <laughs> there were some good interviews out of it. But as far as like what we what our like mission statement and our lane is and stuff for a podcast, <laughs> I don't I don't feel like it ended up lining up super well with a lot oh, of. Oh, I got gotcha. you. But I mean, Guar was more so just like, well, I'm gonna, you know, we'll figure out if we want to use this later or not. But I want to do it. <laughs> so no, they they were in character, so it was just you. I was talking that's to aliens. Awesome. Oh, that's hilarious. That's incredible. Yeah. I've <laughs> always wanted to see Guar. That's like one um, something on my bucket list that I've never gotten to see. Though. Oh, they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's something. Yeah. I watched. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I knew what I was getting into. I wasn't, you know, shocked or anything. But the within, I think, like thirty seconds or so of them coming out and cutting the guy's head off and starting the song, <laughs> I see this mom pushing her way through the crowd, and she's got maybe like a six-year-old girl. She's leading out of the crowd. The six-year-old's just crying her eyes out, and she's just. The mom is so just. Uh, Sorry, guys. Oh, let us oh, by. And you oh want to just be like, what, what did you? What did you? What think are you happen? doing here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you think they were like kids costumes? Maybe I just thought, what's the best excuse that lady could have given? She thought she thought it was gonna be like the Chuck E. Cheese robots, like yeah, yeah. Just still, oh, that's scarier to me than Guar. Oh, it's but. so scary. Uh, yeah, it's super creepy. Anyways, we well, can really? go on this. Wow. But Ryan seems ready to go. Oh yeah, yeah I already I already hit record in case you need a backup. Oh.
Oh, no, we're good, dude. I just want to know. So, how's your guys' podcast going? Good? It's good, man. Uh, we just Going hit... much better since I took a break. You yeah. did? <laughs> How long was your break? He took a break. Yeah, I, I, I soldiered know, like on. You did? Solo act? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like Jameson could do that. I don't know if I could do that by myself. I don't like hearing myself talk that much. Well, I had. Well, I, I brought in like my revolving door of weird friends to fill in. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We, we tried it. We did that once or twice. Uh, one time we the, there was a technical difficulty and it didn't oh, didn't get no. done. But the other time, <laughs> it's it's you think like you know you sit around with your friends and you could talk for hours and you're like you should uh, you know come on the show and we'll just record we'll just hit record. That's yep. the only difference. It does not translate. Yeah, it doesn't translate, or they're just like, well, I, don't, I don't know what I think about that. Yeah, or they, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, or like the, I'll be like, so what do you think about, like I don't know, Los Angeles? Yes. It's like, <laughs> uh, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> like, I just want to bring friends on and ambush them with like, even even something that would be so so obvious, like a Harvey Weinstein conversation or something. Oh uh, yeah, have you seen the great uh, yeah. uh, the Courtney Love stuff that's going on? around Courtney Love. She uh oh. in a 2005 red carpet interview um I think it was for the roast whatever roast she was on I think they were like do you have any advice for young actresses and she said if you get invited to a party at Harvey <laughs> Weinstein's uh penthouse don't go. And everyone's like oh snap. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That's oh, so man. crazy. Yeah, I guess I I just got into a huge rabbit rabbit hole of that before we started talking. Just cuz you can it's crazy you can listen to recordings and stuff of him pressuring women to just just come in my room five minutes five minutes well and bullying them hardcore and the thing is like he's not if one person got caught then that means there's like i don't know 200 others that have not gotten caught like yeah yeah. that's what they say with cosby too pat oswalt was like you know if there's like 10 women talking about cosby there are hundreds hundreds that's insane Yeah. yeah But no, you got okay. So yeah, we, we <laughs> but we just we just Easy. hit like 10 million downloads, so we're doing pretty. We're yeah. pretty flush. I'm just kidding. Dude, That's I was gonna it. say <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. No, it's it's, 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 it's going I was well like, though, oh, man. We just hit 10,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, but well. I was looking. I was looking past or looking at your past episodes and stuff just because I was picking and choosing. I just finished the Matt Carter one, which was he's always interesting, of course. But yeah. Oh, yeah. you've yeah, got some good names within, you know only being under a year old like that preston sprinkle i haven't listened to it yet but oh yeah you know, dude y'all should talk awesome preston's preston awesome it's just a solid dude mm. yeah what was uh that's that's actually one of my further down questions but so i mean it's under a year still what have you learned so far not only in podcasting launching a podcast but uh with kind of the goals that you guys started with and talking about addiction and stuff what have you learned from your guests what have been have you had any sort of big overturns of thought Um, I think the biggest thing we learned, so we, so we started it really just to like tell dude jokes and like hang out with our friends. Right. And, and like talk to interesting people. But I think the biggest thing that we found is, um, and we get emails all the time and I get like direct messages and all like, Hey, my sister needs help or Hey, I have whatever, like, can you give, give us some advice or where should I point my friend who has a problem with x y and z and so um it's become something where we can really we've been able to like help people in whatever way that looks like and so that's been really really cool um again we just like wanted to tell stupid jokes and stuff but uh, (laughs) but it's turned out pretty awesome so yeah it very quickly too we realized like okay this is actually like a helpful platform and then i've 
I've just kind of used it. The things I've learned is that a everybody is just a person and everyone is accessible. Like all my like uh, that's right. My not idols, but whatever people I look up to, like they're just dudes, and like you can talk mm-hmm. to them on a just dude level. So that's been a cool thing to realize. And I've made, you know, I've gotten become good friends with the guys over at the Dopey Podcast. Like we talk on the phone now, so it's just this. Oh, cool, that's awesome. Um, this just weird internet family. I don't know. We we definitely live in the future, boys. And then uh, I've just gotten to ask like the I like to use it as selfishly, but I've just got so many, especially with like the theology authors that I get to talk to. I've just got the most off the wall questions that I've always had. So I just use That's that so as cool. a chance to finally ask them like when I never would have had the chance before and assume people would want to hear the answers. You know, we've got a discovered that too it's like we we keep shooting for like big names and stuff and we were talking about that the other day just because we had a chance with a couple but i i really enjoy more of the people that you don't necessarily know that well but just like give real awesome answers and you mm-hmm. like yep i mean that's kind of about why i do it i just like we talked to matthew quick i don't know if you know who he is but man like i loved talking to that dude he just was like, I mean, it just like was something I needed to hear. And like, that's that's what it's all about for us. So yeah. it's cool when you can like have people on and, you know, you get something just for yourself. And then if other people listen too, so I, I, I hear you there and that's pretty awesome. I think you guys are, I mean, I remember last time we talked pretty freaking cool to talk to. Yeah, <laughs> that was, but that was like right at almost a year ago, huh? Kind it of. Was. No, that it was. That was yeah. right when we, right when we were starting for sure. But I think um, the the addiction conversation and stuff is is so great right now. I mean, Russell Brand's book that just came out yes. and stuff, where it's just like yeah. we were just talking you know, about it's, that. Yeah, it's it's awesome because it's like we we, we kind of need to realize that a lot of us are addicts, and like I just started reading his book, and it's like you know, it's he looked at it as he was blessed because he was such an extreme addict that he was mm-hmm. able to get out of it. Yeah, a lot of us have these small addictions, and that's something we need to be talking about. Do you guys talk about that at yeah. all? Uh, we try to, uh, we've gotten into, yeah, I just, um, I just ordered his book too. I heard him on Joe Rogan and then ordered and just started it. Uh, we, we've started, we tried to branch out, like talking to people that have gotten into like steroids or, um, overeating, pornography, pornography. um, but yeah, I've always said that too. And I think I told my mom that, that it's like, I think it would have been worse for me if I would have just gone. I think that's what a midlife crisis is a lot of times. It's like if I would have gone 40 years of just living this mediocre life, just kind of a slave to my small impulses, but because I was given this thing that has massive consequences, like physical consequences very quickly, you have no choice but to address it, and then like you get the Mm -hmm. growth because of that. Yeah, So it definitely – yeah. So, oh, and, gotcha. and two, just to kind of yeah, uh, piggyback on that, what we believe in the, you know, our, our, uh, spiritual core is, um, that we can't live sober without God. Right. So uh, we were yeah. forced into a spiritual, a daily spiritual relationship. I don't think if I was a recovering alcoholic and drug addict that I would seek after God the way that I have to, to stay sober now. So mm. it, it's a huge, huge blessing, um, in my book at least. Sure. Huh. And that's yeah. Go ahead. Well, and so and I well you did talk about it, so I know you've talked about it. But I heard your interview <laughs> with um who's that lady? She wrote that book on addiction. Oh, Erica Spiegelman. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, oh yeah, I've been to twelve steps, and I was like, 
what the heck, man? You didn't bring that up when we were talking. Like, that would have been the time. <laughs> oh, I can't even remember. I, I've talked to – so, yeah, I, I go to SA. That's what I've gone to. It's just, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it is like – it's amazing because, like, I feel like it's just growing so rapidly, you it know? And it's, it's, and it's more younger dudes coming in because there's a lot of um, church programs and um, – you know, where, where churches are starting to talk about it more and more, and they kind of got their own version of stuff. But, um, yeah, I just was, like, getting into it, and I've just been amazed by how many people are struggling with this addiction. And oh, just yeah. How, oh, it just, it's like, That's I, I see dudes in there that are really old, but then I'm like, I see guys now where it's just like, you see, like, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds that are just, like, overwhelmed by it. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, yeah. I, I can't imagine... I think we lost Jameson too. Do we need to try to? Hold on, I'll add, I'll add him back. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what that happened. I, I think I can't imagine growing up with porn at my fingertips like oh, that. Good like I don't know what what that would have done. Like yeah, it was bad enough with the Playboys in the woods. Like I don't look forward to having that crossing that uh, or having that conversation with my kids. I have no idea. Like, what am I gonna do? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't I don't There's think no anybody knows what to them do. Off of electronics, like they're gonna yeah. find a way around stuff. It's just, yeah, I have no idea how I'm gonna handle it, honestly. Well, it's I, it's so out of control. But I think you know, and it's it's something we talk about with some of the guys at group anymore. I'm sure you guys can relate to being in different, um, you know, twelve step programs and stuff. But like mm-hmm. the way the way things are anymore, it's like we have to learn as a society, like how not to numb out and how to have real like connections with people because that's yeah. what I've learned through this 12 step. It's like, it's all about, I mean, that's kind of what you do. You, you go sit in a meeting and you have like this intimate group that you could be real with and safe with. But like in our lives, we we don't have a lot of people that we do that with. And we just no. don't really know how to have intimacy in our lives. And I feel like if we can do that, maybe we're not going to be a bunch of addicts that are just sugar addicts or, you know, binge watching TV and all this crap. You know, you know, it's just, what's it's, funny. it's a hard thing. Is it, it, it? We're almost like recreating the tribal model, like of the past, of like. Oh Lord! Because I, I'd, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that yesterday um, during it's even college football, right? I mean, it's obviously identifiable in politics, but we live in the South, and I was just on mm-hmm. social media watching people talk crap to each other about college football, <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and it's like serious hatred. Yeah. Well, I was saying people. in a good way. like no i'm serious like hear me out on this like like with the program like as far as like our little group meetings like i think we were designed to kind of like come together in groups of like 10 to 20 and like process some stuff yeah no i I agree with you man i think it's it's needed but like we're kind of gone away from it like what you just said about social media is perfect it's the way to disconnect in the most way that like you could spew the bit much the most hate through email, through text, through anything else, because you're so disconnected. If you you wouldn't yes. say that shit to someone's face, absolutely you're not. Get, yeah, you're gonna get punched in the that mouth. W- That's what's gonna happen. Like in Jay I mean, and Silent Bob when they went to everyone's <laughs> house that talked crap yeah. about him, just punched him in the face. Yeah. But that's yeah. right. I mean, you, you hear like I don't know if you guys play Xbox Live. I used to be like a video game junkie big time but you go on there it's the most hateful crap in the world it's just because you could say whatever you want without any repercussion it's the most creative and, crap talking you'll ever hear in your entire life oh, it's, it's amazing <laughs> well, i'm not letting my kid go on there some of the stuff i've heard from kids but i mean that, that's part of <laughs> like just to bring it back to what we're talking about um 
it's it is it's 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 crazy to see because we've kind of been the guinea pigs with all this tech and like I talked about yeah. with SA like that's one of ram- ramification from it. this other one is this disconnection where the more disconnected we are from each other I don't know there's this awesome video on YouTube you can watch on addiction I think it's by Curses Cadet or whatever their name is they do those small little videos about teaching about something but anyway it talks about addiction and it talks about the core of addiction the problem is not so much like you know this this bad wiring in our system it's more about like this disconnection we have like we're made to be in exactly what you're talking about relationships and if we don't have authentic relationships we we can't express ourselves and we're looking for ways to numb and ways to make these bad feelings go away because we don't know what to do and i'm going to talk to you about it i i'm wondering also if if we are going to be the generation that suffers the most from it because like it was it was thrust upon us because I feel like I've heard that actually like the younger generations aren't so much like addicted to tech as we are. Mm. Am I making that? Does anybody else? I don't know. I could see I could see where uh-huh. because they were born into it, so, so yeah, it's just so always there. Exactly. So we're, there's still like the novelty of it where it's like, oh man, I could. I mean, I, I was telling my roommate the other day, I, she was like, oh, you're watching this movie. I can't, you know, I want to see that too. And I was like, I have, I've been on my phone the whole time. Like, I can't even, even something uh, I yeah. want to see, that's what, I still can't just do that one thing. That's what, that's, yeah. I was, it's funny. I was just, I guess this can segue into this. I was just telling Jay and in my um, substance abuse counseling, they were talking about process addiction, which is mm. uh, phones, technology or whatever. And it's, it's altered the way like movies are my number one favorite thing to do and it's hard for me to watch <laughs> movies now and they don't satisfy me in the way they used to because I have to double yeah. screen which sucks I get so dude. bored yeah, yeah it's crazy it's crazy I have to constantly be stimulated with something have you heard of the, uh, the light phone I'm thinking about getting one well no what's it, that it's an extra it's L-I-G-H-T and it's it's the size of a credit card and oh it pairs with your phone and all it can do is send and receive phone calls. So, like, you leave your cell phone oh. at home, and then you take this with you. Yeah. And the tech reviewer no, that did you. it was like, buckle up. It is hard. He's like, but it's awesome, <laughs> but it is difficult. It's wow. It's got to be. I mean, I, I don't have any kids, but the balance of – I've talked to Ryan about this a lot of times. The balance of, like, you don't want your kids to be behind either. Mm-hmm. You, you know, there's – you hear parents yeah. talk about like, well, we only do an hour of screen time, you know, an evening and we want to get the kids outside, which at first I, I thought, yeah, of course, like our generation, like the idea of going out and like playing in the woods or like playing yeah. army, all that stuff sounds so cool. But then you think, well, if that's going to hold a kid back, though, like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, it's only going to get more and more complicated and they're going to need to develop more and more skills in technology so taking them outside and spending the entire day splitting wood, like that's not going to be a thing. <laughs> and, and like I, I, I spent all of my time outdoors and like lo and behold, I ended up smoking crack. So like there's not like there's one. It's not like there's a there's a panacea cure all. Uh, what do you yeah. what do you do? Jay? Who's got kids? You and just right. Uh, I got two kids. OK, so yeah. y'all are the two ch- uh, child yeah. rearers. So like what do y'all like? <laughs> what do y'all do? Man, that's tough. So as far as screen time, um, I don't know. We have kind of free range kids, though. So my wife is like super granola hippie mom and they kind of do really whatever (laughs) they want. 
and they'll get bored. They'll get bored with like the tablet or or even the TV being on, and they'll like take off all their clothes and go running outside. That's kind of what my kids do. <laughs> well, mine's almost the opposite. If I give him an iPad, he will just zombie out on that thing. It's crazy. Like he just like the world's. There's nothing else going on. He could be on. I mean, that's what's scary about it for me. What are the I ages? look at it. Uh, four and two. So this is my four-year-old who gets on it. My two-year-old's still like, you know, he'll get on it and screw around, not care. My four-year-old is like, it's like it sucks his brain away from him. It's crazy. So to me, it's like I try to treat it with respect. You know, it's just something that, I don't know, it's, I feel like we just need to treat it with respect. Like tech is something that, I don't know, it's, it's easy just to check out. And you want your mm-hmm. kids to learn and be doing stuff. And if they just check out all the time, they don't know how to deal with their emotions or something like that. You know, it's just it's it just makes it harder. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm learning think, as a parent. I my first thought was like that it, it was almost killing imagination, and that's only because we only had we didn't have that as kids. So we went outside and pretended to be a Power Ranger and all that. So I thought, yeah. oh well, this is the opposite. It's going to kill imagination. Uh, but it's just a different form of it, really. Exactly. I mean, the fact that I can hand my iPhone to my three-year-old niece and she's scrolling and sh- and doing shortcuts and stuff that I, d- I didn't even know were there, then I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is just a different, <laughs> just a different imagination, a different intelligence, really. I guess. Yeah. Well, and they already have in the UK, they already have up and running treatment centers for technology <laughs> only, and like that, they, they've uh, really? they've been there. So, like, it, I guess. When I guess time will tell is going to be the thing as as far as like mm. what are going to be the long reaching consequences, you know. I don't I know. Think I, 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 no, I know I wonder about the perception of it a lot. We we talked to this comic um, a little while back, Nathan McIntosh. I don't remember how we got into. Oh, he has a podcast, but he had been talking about uh, and like not a believer or anything, but talking about how he was going to stop watching porn and the effects that it was having on him. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of giving all the reasons that we all talk about you know, in the church, <laughs> in the younger church really often, but to hear it from someone who doesn't have those leanings and you're kind of like, yeah, like yeah. if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, but of course, just like a lot of other Christian podcasts, we talked about sex robots too. But what I think is so interesting about that is I wonder, cause of course that's, I would say it's going to happen. It's already happening. Oh yeah. But I, but I wonder with that, if the perception, the larger perception is going to be more of like, we solved a problem. Remember when you used to have to talk to your wife and deal with her emotions and her problems and try to figure out what she's mad about? Like, we solved it. Now we have this thing. And it will just be seen as like, we, yeah, we made a solution. I don't, That's so scary. I don't know. There, There's also an ethical debate right now whether or not they present that as a possible treatment for pedophiles. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that so it, it gets into like crazy. Yeah, doesn't that just make? Ugh. It gets into crazy, and they've also um, there's sex robots that you can program now to deny you, so you have mm. to actually woo them. So it's getting into like just crazy, oh weird, weird things. It and might they, not mean anything though. It might. It, it might, might still not. just come back to like you say you treat a pedophile with that, just like anyone else. Eventually, he's going to get bored of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then and then it's like so it might not do anything. It, it, I guess it'll it'll tell how dark humanity really is. Because then I guess past that you could say, okay, well then let's make a theme park where you can murder. You know, it's gonna like Westworld. Yeah, I guess Westworld. is what we're talking about yeah, eventually, basically. just to satisfy. Yeah, what? yeah. And you'd be shamed if you're like, I don't know if we should fake murder people. 
And yeah. people are going to be like, oh, well, geez. It's so well, and <laughs> to, to sound like an old man, too, I guess with video games, the you know, at what point is yeah. it realistic enough that it's literal simulated murder? I don't know. You know, I mean, knows? we're getting into VR. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. VR is nuts, too. It's, yeah. That was the first yeah. thing. My boss got it, and I was like, so, like, have you done the porn yet? I mean, I know you have. Like, <laughs> don't <laughs> lie. <laughs> I, haven't even, I haven't even done, like, a demo or tried it at all. It's, have you guys? I, oh, yeah. He, he, he yeah. bought the Oculus, so, like, the nice one. Like, it's, it's nutso. Yeah. Ooh. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know. And it, it like uh-huh. if you use it long, he said he uses it a lot, and he said it actually has like changed his visual perception. Like when he's not on mm-hmm. it, like text will kind of rise towards him and stuff. And I'm oh like, oh my gosh, Boudreau, I don't think that's good, man. <laughs> Unplug. No, I th- I think of it on such a like a smaller like I watched the movie Baby Driver the other night. Yeah, oh, and and then I left a friend's house, and of course my first instinct when I grab the wheel is like, oh, I just really want to peel out of here. Yeah. And that's like yeah. such a little micro scale, but it's like, yeah, what if you were doing that for hours a day and feeding that in? I don't, well, I don't and, know. And he's an atheist, yeah. and his he's one of the mindset of the ideal future is going to be we're going to upload, because I always mm-hmm. ask him, like, what's your what's your end game, Mr. Atheist? Right. And he's like, I want to upload my consciousness to the cloud. And I'm like, well, okay, that sounds horrible, but... <laughs> have, have you seen that Black Mirror episode? The one yeah, that yeah, yeah, I was just thinking. As soon that. as you said that, yeah. Like, yep. for those of you who hadn't listened, it just basically these people upload their consciousness to the cloud after they die into this like perfect little town. But like, what happens when you want to leave that town or something? Yeah. Like, ooh, that just sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I apologize. I'm, I missed part of the conversation earlier. My technical difficulties, but uh, I did. Yeah, I guess I. It's funny because I was writing up notes for this, and I was like, okay, so we haven't talked in you know a couple months or so, and went back and listened to some episodes. But something that kind of keeps coming up as far as addiction, and I talked to Ryan about this just the other night, where mm-hmm. I'm always curious. Where <laughs> I've had friends say, uh, usually about their spouses. Let's let's do it in like the porn terms. I've had friends say about their spouses, uh, you know, like he was delivered from it. So like he had this huge problem, uh, you know prayed about it, went to church, all this stuff. God delivered him and no longer struggles. And of course I'm just like, "Ah, that's a nice, yeah. And then you talk to, (laughs) then you talk to the person and they're like, no, like it's an every, you know, it's an everyday thing or like it's lessened. But I I guess I'm curious for one, I don't know how far removed you guys are from like what you consider, you know, like your last big binge or last big day. Um, But do you guys feel like you're at that place where it either is, nope, every day I have to wake up, make that decision. It's so tempting. It's just a fight every day. Or is there like an actual, I, it's hard for me to believe in a 100% deliverance. I hope that there is, but where are you guys at with that? You want to you, you I can go first. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my last drink was January 16th of 2009. So in January, I'll have nine years clean and sober. That's, awesome, That's like, dude. no, not one beer, not one toke, not one anything, right? Um, and pretty quickly... <clears throat> So let me back up. I jumped into a 12-step program. I started working right away with a sponsor. I did all the things that the program asked me or suggested that I do. And pretty quickly, the, that like soul-wrenching temptation or, or mm-hmm. um, drive to, to drink and do dope was removed from me. <clears throat> I will say that I know in order to keep that removed that I have to wake up every day and make a decision and do a handful of things. Like I still go to 12 step meetings. I sponsor other guys. I have a sponsor. I do a lot of service work. And those are the the sort of things that I have to do so that I don't have that like gnarly 
obsession to drink and do dope. <clears throat> so mm. kind of a little bit I've been uh, uh, mm-hmm. delivered, but at the same time, um, the one of our some of our literature says that we have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Right. So I have to stay in contact with God. I have to make sure that like. Um, I'm staying spiritually fit and spiritually kind of cleanish. Like I have to keep in that relationship to, to not have that mental obsession come back. So was there something initially like looking back now, those next couple months or that next couple of years, was there, did you feel like there was anything that replaced that? Did you, did you dive head first? Oh, I've replaced else? it. I've replaced it with all kinds of stuff in the yeah. eight and a half years that I've been. So, <laughs> I've replaced it with porn. I've replaced it with um, sex is usually my significant first. other. Yeah. So <laughs> mm-hmm. We used to say I lived in a halfway house the first six months I was sober or recovery house, whatever you want to call it. And there was a big like a stack of yeah. old school magazine porn on the toilet. <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. we used to say meetings and masturbation. That's how you make it. Because at first <laughs> and, it's like basically uh, anything is better. But. Yeah, so so that uh, working out, um, my career, school, uh, I've replaced it with all kinds of stuff. So some healthy at least. Some I mean, healthy. You, you some didn't feel like you way healthier right. than others. Yeah. yeah. And I guess uh, my answer to that, um, I have seen and ex- I'll call them extremely rare cases, but I have seen people that uh, just like God just delivered it from them, and they have just never looked back. I have seen it. Didn't happen for me. Um, I I made three years on September twenty third, um, and it's still because I think it's more maybe the nature of what I did, uh, just like biochemically with with shooting up like cocaine mm. and heroin. It's just such a visceral thing that you know I would say fairly often um, I get like physical reminders of it and there's still a it's not so much a pull to necessarily get high but it would be when obstacles or whenever life just hits me it's the pull to have that checkout button Mm. and that's Mm. that's where like I, i i i think i did not get sober for so long because i did try to just replace it and i was afraid of confronting that feeling so i was just looking for you know i would abuse the hell out of caffeine you know i would get as close as i could without actually using quote unquote you know like hard drugs or sex or you know i was into gambling for a while um but this time around and like what the program teaches you is you're going to feel uncomfortable you're gonna want to run away but that's when you turn to you know you're ideally you turn to God. Um, you can turn to other stuff. It's not necessarily going to work, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, some people will say that, yeah, like I haven't thought about drinking or using or whatever. Like I still, you know, it definitely still comes up, but Hmm. it doesn't have like the teeth that it used to by any means. I was hmm. watching this. Uh, you guys like get into Russell brand at all. Oh dude. I love Russell. Brand. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Oh, I love him. Yeah, so I was watching. He had done uh, a few. Well, I think you could probably find this a few places, but a few like just little YouTube videos, documentaries, and stuff, going around talking to to homeless people and drug addicts and stuff on the streets of like London and you know places where he grew up. And um, I'm not going to be able to say the name of these places, but where basically where you could go and do drugs safely. Yeah, safe, safe injection sites. 
Yeah. Yeah. So he go. Yeah. He goes into one to talk to people, and he's you know they're showing people shooting up and stuff, and you can see just like this physical change, and it, he it's oh, like yeah. a golem character almost, where you know he's 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 been sober for so long, and he's this big you know a list advocate and stuff, and you see him just kind of physically go right back into that space of like oh I want that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. So I, my mental obsession has been removed, right? That doesn't mean that I like go and hang out at bars every Friday and Saturday night. Right. Like I'll go there if I have a purpose to be there. Um, but I have, I would be seriously uncomfortable around people like smoking mad weed or like doing stuff that I, you know, um, that would be tough. I mean, there, yeah. I'm still an, I'm still an alcoholic and a drug addict, right? Like a, I, I had to change my whole life and and not just hang out in bars all the time. So. Yeah, I think some people will, some people will put on like a false bravado and kind of be like, oh, I, you know, it, I guess it's like a pride thing where it's like, mm-hmm. I don't even like drugs anymore. And it's like, yes, you right. do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, let's be real here. Like, if you're a real deal, you know, if you're a real deal alcoholic or whatever. Mm. Yeah, I didn't well, stop I, doing drugs because they didn't make me feel good. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I stopped right. doing drugs because my life was falling apart. Right. So you know, there's there's always going to be that pull, right? Mm-hmm. That that little whisper. But that's why uh, that's why I'm watching the mar- marijuana legislation thing. Like, I feel like that's going to be a very interesting conversation for the recovery community in the coming years. Oh, sure. if weed's legal, yeah, that's going to be. I, it. I booze it, but at the same well, time, like, booze is legal, and we don't drink. Right. That's yeah, what my but brother... no. But this is the thing, though. It's for people that are quote unquote alcoholics. I feel like that might be a thing because they're not potheads, uh, uh, quote unquote. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. That's just my that's just my prediction. It's been people interesting though too to learn. It. People are going to find an excuse to smoke some weed if they want. Yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's interesting to look at the different, you know, we're talking about, you know, alcohol and drugs and porn and stuff to see the different, in some ways you can say like, well, addiction is addiction. Uh, but for me, it's easy to think like, well, it's easy to avoid a bar. It's easy to avoid places where people are doing hard drugs. Uh, and this is such a youth group thing to say, but like standing in line at the grocery store and you see the cover of a magazine with a girl, you yeah. know, like it's everywhere. Or you see a physical it female <laughs> everywhere you go. So it's it's interesting to kind of learn the uh, the intensity of some, whereas Ryan and I have talked about this all the time, where it's like <laughs> people would be like, well, yeah, obviously heroin is worse than porn addiction. I mean, obviously. I don't know no. that it is anymore. I don't know, I, I don't right? know yeah. that it is. And, and, and like science is catching up to that, too, saying it's it's like because I will say that like porn is the one that I have not successfully like 100 percent abstained from. Like that is mm-hmm. a monster of a different. It's tough, man. It's tough, especially, I mean, like, booze and hard drugs were actively killing me, Mm -hmm. right? Like, there was tangible things that I could see. There were real consequences in my life that, like, booze and I was going to die by before I turned 30 if I didn't quit drinking and doing dope. But, like, porn, eh, you know, smoking cigarettes, meh, you might die one day, (laughs) but it's not going to be tomorrow, you know, like yeah. I was waking up from blackouts and didn't know where my car was. Like I was yes. going to I was going to die, you know. And so but but you're right with porn and other things. It's <clears throat> it's a little more subversive. It's like, you know, I, I think at least it's the conversation is starting with like people like Terry Crews and people in Russell Brand. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, sec, quote unquote, secular people coming out and just decrying porn like for what it is. At least like people are becoming yeah. aware of it. But otherwise, especially in. I've at least in Lafayette 
kind of become for some reason known as like the guy that if you have a trouble if you want to quit dealing with porn and AA, like they'll come like people refer him to me because like just <laughs> nobody else even wants to <laughs> try and like especially like if they're not christian but i found some people it just gets bad enough they're like yo i think i'm ready yeah. to start looking at porn i'm like yeah well fuck yeah join the club <laughs> join the club dude and that was even kind of one of my main questions too was and i know you guys talk about this a lot on your show but how do you feel like the church treated you during that well during that time i guess but also has the church caught up with really understanding addiction and actually helping people through it versus uh, like, Ooh, he's, you know, just let's set him aside and, and let's just pray over him and, you know, keep a distance still. You think it's still like that? I, I think it's hard to speak for the church as a whole. I think some churches do better job than others, right? Like some, and I, I think it's a top down thing, right? Mm. If, if a pastor has experience, um, a pastor uh, was the one that told Jed like, "Hey, you need to get, you need to go back in into AA, right?" Yeah. So, there's yeah. there are some people, individuals that have a better uh, education and understanding of addiction. But but if we do want to kind of paint with a broad brush, it, people just people in general in church, outside of church, just are way misinformed and just don't understand addiction and alcoholism. Mm. So they don't know how. Like I I think that church is filled with people with the best intentions, but they just don't know how to help. They just sure. don't know how to help. Uh, so <laughs> well, and it's, yeah, and I'll say, yeah, as a whole, well, and kind of what I was getting at earlier was recovery groups have become what the church used to be and needs to return to. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. as a whole, like, the churches I've been involved with at least have the sense to say we're not qualified, but like, let us encourage you to find people that are qualified to help you. Sure. They're not. Cause yeah. I have had in the past where they will just assume that they can, you know, put hands on you, put hands on you and like, you'll just be fine. <laughs> and then uh, also yeah. I think it's a problem of, nobody can talk about it like i know it's happening we all know it's happening i know people in the church are doing shit but like it's that's what i'm trying to work through with my the small church i'm in right now is trying to and i do not have an answer for it but like how do you crack that wall of like we're all okay Mm -hmm. and like i do not know i don't know I might have told this story last time, but Ryan and I went to a private high school, and I remember leaving our. When I, 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 have, I always forget that saying leaving Bible class that that's not a common term. <laughs> uh, <laughs> people always be like, "Well, hold hold up the story a second, Bible class." Uh, but I remember, you know, we'd have people come in, give their testimonies and stuff, and it was always this thing where it was, uh, you know, twenty eight minutes of uh, all the worst shit they've done in their life, and then two minutes of how someone invited them to church, they got saved, and now everything's easy and it's great. Right. Um, <laughs> And I remember I never thought too much of that until we were leaving class one day and somebody somebody goes somebody said uh, they're like boy I guess if I want to be a youth pastor one day I better start doing drugs now. That's so true. <laughs> and then and then of course the teacher heard it and we had a big talk the next day but I was like oh my gosh yeah like I didn't even notice that and all I leave with from that guy's story is like oh man can you believe he like got a tat he was so drunk he got a tattoo and didn't remember it ah great story crazy yeah. Yeah. So I do feel like at least for maybe people around our age, that was a commonplace thing where it not only was it dominated by all the sensational stuff, but it was wrapped up very quickly with like, and then a friend invited me to church. God spoke directly to me. 
and now, now I'm awesome. That's now right. I do this. Yeah, I, I have to say that we do the same thing in twelve-step programs. We right? do, yeah. Like somebody yeah. comes up behind the podium to like tell their story, right? So forty-five yes. minutes they talk about their life, and it's supposed to be what happened, um, what it was like, and and what it's like now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and instead, they just like tell their their drunk a lot because that's that's you're right. You hit it on the head. That's the sensational stuff. That's mm-hmm. what people feel like they they want to hear. Um, and then they say, you know, and then I came into AA and I got sober and everything's great now, which is just bullshit. Or like, that's just not <laughs> true. Like, or life still happens. They'll so, talk about. Know? how spiritual they are and then go home and beat their kid like you know what i'm saying sure. like that also uh, yeah. happens is the people that, that definitely happens so yeah. yeah so i guess it's a human problem we're talking about here and with mm. and i i have i guess one of the tensions i've been wrestling with lately is the is the like so we're called to like stop sinning but grace is there for sinners, so like, what, like, where am I supposed to land on the spectrum of like talking about cheap grace? I get, I don't, and I guess it's kind of a, it's a theory I'm kicking around, so I don't even really have words for it. But like, well, let's let's hear it. I want to hear it. <laughs> Ryan loves cheap grace. <laughs> well, like, um, I'm trying to talk to my pastor about like. Because we had, we had as vague as I can be with telling you about it, because I don't want to call anyone out. We had a, a situation in our church where a good friend of mine and a member did a really, really screwed up thing um, and was in like a, a high position, like a very shocking thing. <laughs> and was just a, uh, well, that, to me, it legitimately was shocking because I knew this person and they were saying right. all these good things. And then I find out that they were doing these horrendous things behind closed doors. Yeah. And yep. so I brought the question of like, well, how did that happen? Like, or, and how could this have happened differently? Like, did that person feel the need to lie about what they were doing? And like, if they did not lie about it, how would we have handled it? Like if they would have said, Hey, I'm doing this, just being honest. Now I'm going to carry on. Or like, is it our demand to say you need to stop doing that or you can't come? Or like, what do you do there? Because there is grace but if the person isn't ready to stop, well, what do you? How do we handle that? Mm, that's As a, a body, one, yeah, that is tough. Yeah, and that's why I was like, I, I don't have an answer yet. But that's a uh, because I feel mm. like that's maybe that's what's tripping up people from being able to be honest at church is because like I'm not going to be honest because I'm not ready to change <clears throat> yet. Yeah, mm. but but I think we're oblivious, man. I think the the thing about all of us anymore is we don't even know what we need, let alone. Mm who we are or yeah. you know it's such a deep <laughs> yeah. thing to say but it's Preach. true i mean you, you, i don't i struggle with it all the time i mean I, I work in a job that really has forced me to figure that out in a lot of different ways because mm. it's been so difficult for me but um but you think of like a person like that that's pretty much trapped right you know they're they're trying to change their life i'm sure they don't want to do the horrendous things they're doing right but unless they can stop and say man, maybe I can't control this thing and maybe I need to get help, then they're kind of at the mercy of how far they'll go, kind of what we learn in 12-step. Hmm. Maybe, And yeah. it's just, it sucks that it comes to that point. A lot of people, you know, they're really, you know, the, the worst people are tend, tend to be the people that look the best on the outside. Yeah. And it's because they're so good at convincing themselves and other people that they're not 
Does that just mean the messed up like true? the rest of us. <laughs> it Maybe, might be. You, you look at Russell Brand, right? I mean, he owns who he was. Mm. He owns who he was. He did horrible things, and he is thankful for it because he's realized now that he can grow and, and be a better person. But you look mm. at somebody trapped in the religiosity of church and something that can happen. And it, to me, that's where that's where I've seen some of the worst people I've ever been around that are capable of some of the worst things you're just... You know, the people that shock you are the ones that you're just like, wow, yeah, that I can't even imagine doing what you did. But how did you do it? I mean, you were around people talking and, yeah. and like, you no, know, that's that's the thing, because it's just like when when you're kind of caught up in it and you're caught up in the whole church thing and stuff like that, sometimes it's hard to just get to that first step that any 12 step person will talk about, just that surrender piece of like, man. I'm screwed. I don't know what's going on in my life. Things are getting out of control, and you and it's just letting go and letting God do mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing. Yeah, and that's uh, kind of the big the big discussion. I think ha- I mean probably always happening, but I feel like is prominent right now is you know say a pastor gets caught sleeping with somebody in the church or having an affair, doing drugs, whatever it is. Uh, they kept this quiet because there wasn't there wasn't any room to, to talk about it in the first place when they first started mm-hmm. feeling those things. Yep. And, and, and we've already told them like, if you're going to be in leadership, you got to be perfect. Oh, you screwed up. That's it. Can't lead anymore. It's yep. we've put this vice grip on our <laughs> leaders have to be perfect. And if you screw up, Oh man, like game over forever. There's no coming back. It's so true. You think about what you just said, right? About like, oh, you have to have all these things. Like I was a drug addict. You know, I was a murderer. I robbed banks, man. Now (laughs) Jesus saved my life. Look at me. I'm awesome. It's all just like, you know, little, little checks on your board that people will respect you for. Like, oh my God, you came from that. It's all of how far you've gone down the spectrum. And it's like, (laughs) that really, is that, is that what it takes to make someone interesting to listen to and talk to? Because if it is, that's pretty shitty. Yeah, that's a pretty shitty way to use that to make sure that you're believing the right thing or whatever you want to tell yourself. For me, it's like, no, like just it, it shows the power of, of what you're dealing with. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it, you can change like the thing you're involved in will change you if you allow it to. Does it mean that it's like the supreme thing or whatever? No, it, it's an avenue. And like, yeah, it, it's great. You can look at somebody who's done some really bad shit and be like, damn, you know, that they turn their life around. But when we're using it to make ourselves feel better about what we believe or some other ulterior motive, to me, that's just like we're missing the point. Mm. You know, that's very good. We probably yeah. also use it to justify ourselves and say, like, well, at least I'm, you know, at least yes. I wasn't ever in a gang. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's very. It's it's another tool to separate, saying I'm not as bad or mm-hmm. yeah, or I don't need to do. I don't. Yes, exactly. Precisely. And I feel like, dude, I I can speak from that from experience. My family has been so messed up around me. My uncle was a heroin addict. Just I mean, a lot of like what you guys are talking about, just addict. And then like, there's been murder in my family. There's been horrible stuff all the way around in my family. And I've used it as like, man, I I don't want to be like that or whatever it is. And it's and when you do that, it's easy to kind of go down that road you're talking about. You could be the person that like, oh, I'm not doing all these big bad things. I'm just doing all these small little things until they creep up and they're consuming you in the same way, but in a way that doesn't pop. Yeah. Like the other ones. It's it's like and a weird economy of sin where like Yeah. And it's just it's 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 a lot uglier road when it's like that. Cause it it when you awaken your let's I don't know, to me it's just been a hard thing to deal with. You know, but thankful now, I mean, 32 and I feel like I've, I've had a good awakening, but I mean, just, I don't know the thinking about what you're talking about, man. It just makes me 
it makes me really just want to to learn <laughs> to be able to like find these communities where we could talk and be open and be what a church is supposed to be. You can yeah. be real with people. Like let let that realness pull you in. You know that, that that's what I want. I lo- like authentic people and a big part of talking to people on this podcast and stuff is trying to find that authenticity and draw it out because the more authentic we are, I feel like the it helps in every way. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, and I think that's exactly on. what. Yeah, that's exactly what Jed was talking about, though. With the you know, that's the the single. Mo- I think the church is missing a lot of pieces, but that's the single most piece that the church is missing that AA and other twelve step programs has. Yeah. Right? Is that that author? We have to strip off the mask and the bullshit in order to recover. Like it's a do- it's a do or die type yeah, thing. It's required. Um, it, and I think that's the, too. You know, we have that. <clears throat> emotional um, and real connections with real honest relationships with other people in these 12-step programs. And that's largely, I think, why I don't see a lot of people going to church from 12-step programs, right? They've gone, they've come into contact with God and they have their community. They have their, they have their church, right? And they might not all believe the same thing. They may not all have the same theology. They may not even all call God, Jesus Christ, but they have like real relationships with each other. Um, and, and we were built to have that. Right. Mm. Um, so it, it's tough. I think that that's mainly why my wife is in the program too. Why we surround, like all of our friends are program people. We have very, we have a handful of church friends from our sure. little small house church. Um, but our, our people are pro cause we can be real and authentic and really live life with these people. That's awesome. So, and I, I was going to ask you one thing, just just one thing before I forget. So, did you guys listen to that Erica Spiegelman uh, podcast that we did? Or did you? okay, well, she said something that was interesting to me because being someone who's been involved in different twelve step groups and stuff and and stuff like that, she talked about how she lives life now, or she doesn't look at herself as an addict anymore. She made me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, what she I made want. me so I mad. Hear, I want to hear what you stuff because it's like she she looks at it as like. Okay, that's in the past. I don't want to keep looking at this bad thing or this bad person I was. I've changed now. I'm gonna move past. There's a part of me that really likes that. Yeah. But there's a part of me that's just like, I, I really does it really work like that? It's, what do you guys think? Uh, it makes it makes. I mean, on the surface, it does make logical sense in terms of correct. like wanting to alleviate your guilt and say like, well, that was me. It's not my identity anymore. Yeah. But I'm assuming you guys have good. I'm I'm curious what you so, thought of that. So, in my opinion, um, God gave me the gift of sobriety so I could give it away to other people. God gave me the gift of sobriety so I could help other people. And if I don't remember that I'm an addict, like why do I need to go and help anyone? Or how, how can I use that really to, uh, to help other people? Also, I think if I don't remember that I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict, like I'm not going to do all those, all that myriad of shit that I, (laughs) (laughs) that I do on a daily basis. Like I'm not going to AA meetings. I'm not, you know, doing all the things that I need to do. Um, if I can just like do yoga and eat organic, (laughs) I'm not like, you know, screw all the rest of that stuff. When I heard her, I was was like, okay, so I just got to eat bananas and I'm straight. (laughs) (laughs) No. So I get I get the logic behind it, and I, I've encountered this in a lot of churches where where they'll say like your identity is in Christ now, and like you need to quit, you need to claim victory. Claim it's it's I I get it, I get what you're saying there. On the the flip side, you know you can't unpickle a cucumber, like you know what I mean. Like I'm still a pickle as much as I call myself a cucumber. Like it's what's done is done, and so there is immense wisdom, and and also there are 
categories of of alcoholic there are degrees of severity like so you'll find a lot of people like type one that can get by doing certain things the bare minimum there is also a certain type that the only way you're going to get sober is like the grace of god and doing everything possible and like Mm -hmm. that's my particular type and if i decide which i have in the past that alcohol like i've decided alcoholism was bullshit there's no such thing as the disease all that sort of stuff like then i'm just gonna try to do it again so it's it's just it's way more wise to err on the side of like calling it what it is yeah doing something that works i just was wondering so looking at like kind of how 12 steps are wired it's all about like accepting this thing about yourself like you have this addiction that's something that formed in order to mask this pain that you are unwilling to deal with right and this is a part of who you are this is this addiction this addictive piece that you have that you need to acknowledge and realize that it takes work every day to you know live a healthy life but i'm thinking of like more of like so i get what we're going away from but what is it, what are we heading towards like what what is what is what is the thing that we're going towards here is it like more intimacy in our life is it more authentic relationships is it more of a healthy lifestyle like what is the you know the opposite like 12 steps seems like it it teaches you a lot of that but i'm wondering like what's the ideal you're striving for well yeah like like what is that thing like you know if if we had this in our lives you know if we had blank in our lives we wouldn't be an addict you know what i mean so yeah, so I, I think the 12 steps is a process in which – so we come in and let's and we're inward focused, right? We're yes, consuming. Yeah. Everything we do is consuming, whether that's mm-hmm. booze or dope or women or whatever, right? And then through the process of the 12 steps, we come into contact with a God and it that turns into like an outward focused lifestyle. It's Got a it. complete perspective change. It's now um, I want to seek God. And I want and and I'm going to to give my will and my life over to God so that I can be of service in whatever way that looks like. So the, and that's why. So the the last steps, the eleventh and the twelfth steps, are mm-hmm. pretty much seeking God and being of service to other people. So yep. that's what you know. Every time that I have a problem and I call my twelve step sponsor, he says, "Okay, well, you know, what the fuck are you doing for somebody else today?" That's <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, that's nice, but you know, what are you doing for somebody else? So, so it's a, it's an, it's an outward focus. I, and so, in my opinion, that's kind of what it's all about. To, in gotcha. its in its simplest terms, the root of our problem is selfishness, and the solution to that is selflessness. And that's basically mm-hmm. that's if you want to condense it down to its to its smallest point, that's what it is. And they call it, you know, living in the sunlight of the spirit, and essentially calling you to live like Christ, <laughs> where you're laying your life down for your brother. You sure. are no longer coming first in your life, and you you are to be of service to pack into the stream of life instead of taking out. Hmm. No, I like that. Yeah, that's do a you good guys way think that if if church wasn't uh, in your background or faith wasn't in the picture, have, have you thought of I don't know how that would how your recovery would look without that? Hmm, that's a really good question. I, uh, you know, <laughs> honestly, like I think. This is going to sound crazy. I think my recovery process would have been easier if I didn't have faith in my background. <laughs> and and it, it because I had to unlearn a lot of things that I thought I knew about God, right? Sure. 
I had to unlearn like and yeah. really quickly I had to unpack a ton of stuff um, so that I could have that real relationship with God. So for, for me, I think it would have been easier. Um, mm-hmm. But in the long run, I'm, I'm happy for it uh, because um, I do see things through that filter through that lens. And I think it's the true one. Right. So, um, I don't know. I think, I think getting sober would have been harder, but I'm happier for it in the long run. If that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever would have had a chance uh, because I, that that was for so long, like Jay was saying perfectly, like, yes, I did have to unpack a lot of like, um, negative habits and, and thoughts about God that were incorrect or whatever. But without my like fundamental idea and relationship with God from like a young age, like I would have just killed myself such a long time ago. Like so many times that was the one thing where I was like, I probably shouldn't do this. Like so many, so many, so many times. And I just don't think I would have, because in the times that I've turned away from God, like nihilism and hedonism is the only thing in in life that I'm going to buy into. And that's just how I'm, Mm. however, my personality is i just don't i'm not one of those people that sees much meaning in anything else outside of like um god in the picture um sure so it would have been i don't i don't think i would have really even considered sobriety an option Mm. wow that is a That's big a, hypothetical question, Jameson. Yeah, I know. I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to end on something that we couldn't possibly answer. Yeah, oh, that was That's a good, good question, one. though. That was. I'm glad that we went for an hour. I feel like just this is just one of those uh, every couple months, every six months or so, we should just just swap because there's always oh, there's yeah, always something sure, new for one. I, yeah, I got the it. idea during it too that we should do an episode where we just tell youth group stories. Oh, dude. <laughs> I've got yes, yes. <laughs> I know I'd have to start writing some down. But oh, dude, I've got so many good ones. It's funny. The the reason I even brought up the the you know thing of oh I better do drugs now if I want to be a youth pastor is because I think that's why your podcast does stand out because you're still talking about the shit. Yeah, it's yeah. Still, it's not it's not you don't present it as you know just like oh these two guys that uh, used to do this and now they're Christians and you know they're gonna tell you all the right things to do to avoid it. Right. Like, right yeah it's very very realistic so i appreciate that about you guys yeah dude i'm definitely down for it Is it really? Yeah, it is. She uh, oh, word. She listened to it multiple times. Oh wow! Yeah, she really enjoyed it. Awesome. Um, what did you say? You said what's up, Miriam? Up. Yep. Mama, I love you, mom. Hey, mom. <laughs> um. Oh. Oh. 
Oh. So I've been having these like real, uh, real crazy dreams. I've had a couple of using dreams, but uh, I don't. I guess you'll have to you'll have to check me if this is indeed any kind of profound or if it's if I'm if it's just stupid. But I thought someone had said this to me, but then I remembered that it was in a dream I had, and so I was talking to someone. And you know, um, Jay, are you paying attention? You're looking at your phone. I'm not. Yes, you are, dude. You do that when we're interviewing people, and that is very rude. I know they, they're looking at you like, this motherfucker doesn't even care. I'm um, listening. I also sh- listening. That's not what your eyes Don't say. Don't you fucking judge me, sir. So uh, I was talking to him, and he said, so you know those um, parts in the movies or just you know how random things make you make you like well up out of nowhere emotional? And I'm not talking about parts that, that should uh, make you emotional, but the the parts that are just mundane, but for some reason makes you emotional. Yeah, he was like, you know why that is, man? It's because the word of God comes out everywhere, and like mm. oh, Chase face. I don't know. We're just just like basically. Fuck! I hate you, Jay. Like I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Let I can't. Because I don't get it. Because I don't get it. No. Well, Debesh, Debesh actually nodded. Like, okay, I'm gonna think about this before I shoot it down. You just were just like dumb. <laughs> no, that was like a concern. Like, what? The fuck? I, well, and it, well, I took. I guess it's. In, because yeah, it was a got, dream, got there was ther- a meaning. Got the therapist face down, Debesh. That's he the- does. That is good. Okay. So there was a okay. meaning you're not, you're imbued in the it. dream that I understood that maybe I'm not relaying well by just that speech. But it, essentially, okay. that like he was implying that, uh, I guess it was just that God permeates everything, and that's what those things are. Are like times when it just punches through the mundane. Well, what did I, Einstein said something like either everything is a miracle or nothing is. Yeah, I love that. I love did he? That. that is good. Yeah. My yeah. buddy, my buddy Kayak Chris says all the time, like, um, I think miracles will be more impactful if they weren't so abundant, right? So it's kind of the same idea. It's like mm. if ever if everything weren't a yeah. god shot, like if I, if there wasn't a sunset every morning or a sunrise every morning and sunset every night, they'd be more impactful. But no, I get that. I'm with that. I mean, yeah, and I guess it depends on what the content was and what was happening. Um, and I mean, sometimes something can trigger an old memory and just like bring me to tears. Like, I don't know, it's kind of embarrassing, but like uh, this is, I guess, somewhat of a spoiler alert if no one has finished Stranger Things 2. We'll give you five seconds. Okay. Um, but that scene where like he's walking through the crowd at the end trying to get a girl to dance with him, and then he's yeah. like crying on the bleachers, and I was just like, I was just Damn, like, man, uh, man, like like uh, girls at that age could be so cruel, you know. Yeah. And I just got really emotional, you know. And I was like, damn, why am I getting all welled up inside, you know? But I think it was more to do with that and uh, just being an awkward little kid, you know. And oh yeah, sucks, you know. It's true. Those are the worst. Uh... Those are the hardest times, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what do we, what do we think about? You know, what's sad is that uh, the Anthony Jeselnik tweet. When what was it even? I don't even remember which shooting it was, but he said, "Of, of course, this is the worst shooting in in U.S. history. Like, but just give it time." Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah, Stop. but it's like, holy shit, was that accurate? 
Um, yeah, really. So what do we think about, yeah, you know, the church shooting? Yeah. Well, so, and I talk about things bringing up some feelings, but I live in Charleston, South Carolina, right? And this is yes. where Dylan Roof ran up in that church and shot a bunch of people who yeah. were in worshiping God, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it hits you in the gut, obviously. Um, my my whole thing now, and I think I've learned my lesson from the last election cycle, is to not let my emotions um, make me have knee jerk reactions mm-hmm. to things. Like I, I'm not screaming from the so. hilltops for whatever. I'm trying to that I'm, it's sad and it's it is tragic. Sad. But I need, but I also like that can that can be it for a moment like yeah we don't have to take we don't have to jump from there to okay now we have to pass a ton of legislation no, or dude, no or second amendment right. blah blah blah. like we we right. can just be... i was go ahead Jen. i was having a thought too that it, it seems like times like this reinforces to me yet again that i just don't think people like everyone you got rogan talking about how we're evolving like i don't think we have changed one iota and i was wondering if i mean just when fucking ever Hmm. like i feel like mass murders have been happening forever like Hmm. back in the day it would be fucking people just running into your village killing everyone raping you and enslaving people Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. then move to like custer slaughtering the indians Mm and move to the valentine's day massacre then uh, bloody Sunday. And it's like, yeah. is there even a rise in it, or are we just more aware of it? Like, I really feel like it's just nothing has changed, and the people la- are assuming that, like, oh, we're so, like, how could this happen? Like, we're such good people. Like, we're not. We're, not, we're for sure dude. not great yeah. people. I'll say that, but I will also say, like, I've seen a handful of different data points along this line, right? Uh, or, or studies or, or conglomerations of data. And so what one that I've seen shows a significant decrease worldwide in violence over the last two or 300 years, right? And let's not even go before that is even bloodier. That seems right? so, yeah, that seems so crazy because there's so much violence I mean, going is on. It, I mean, I think it's a question of is there so much of it or is the exposure to it just that much? And is this what we're being exposed to? Uh, you know, have there been way more episodes that just haven't really been talked about or forgotten about? You know, we think mm-hmm. about lenin and think about these millions of people yeah i guess you know, there hasn't been a, a genocide millions in a minute of, you know well there a long time i mean if you look in africa there is still genocide happening mm-hmm. but or even in, in the middle east there's mm-hmm. ton there's genocides that, that happens all the time mm-hmm. but not to that scale not to like right? the so again, if scale you look or... at Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you look at worldwide and we're talking about averages over time, we're in a way safer place than we ever were, right? By, by what? But by how big a margin? Like, like I'd have to look again, yeah. but a, a significant, significant one though. But yeah. if we look at so we we zoom in on the United States, and we look at mass shootings, and I'm not talking about CNN mass shootings that they're taught that they say like three it's like or more. Over, oh, okay. I'm talking like 20 plus people okay. killed. Okay. Right. Okay. If you look at that between even 2000, like it's it's gone up almost exponentially since like the year 2000. Really? Do okay. You, you, it's okay. wild, dude. And well, I didn't. And I didn't. So again, so I, I've always been 
I grew up in Charleston. I grew up in the South and I've always been pro gun. I've always been, you know, pro gun ownership and pro gun rights and, and all of that. And I think that I still am. Um, but some of this data is hard to ignore. You know, yeah. I, I want to know, I've always wanted to know, and I'm going to get flack for this, but whatever. I just think it's interesting. Like, and I'm not saying Christianity exclusively, but I want, you remember when, um, people started lobbying to take God out of things publicly. Like, uh, like with the school, yeah, like the eighties. That was not the eighties because we fucking did that. We had prayer in school, like when when I was in school. They started trying to pull it out way before they actually. Yeah, but when it, remember we when went, it we got pulled out, when it got pulled out, it got pulled out other parts of the country. That's more recently, right? Out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I've always anyway, wanted to see uh the if there's a correlation if there's there. a correlation because you can't there how can be. how can you not. At the same time, it's hard to avoid the flack from the fucking atheist. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. how can you not just look at the correlation of just we're an extremely violent culture? We're an extremely like psychopathic, sycophantic, like sexualized. Like, I don't know. Like, our culture is pretty intense. The American culture, and specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that. I think that largely we're over-sexualized. Maybe anyway, that's a whole. I think a whole different conversation. But aren't so they here's saying my this thing. was a religious thing too? Here's my thing: is they, I, I think that it's speculative at this yeah. point to understand his motives. But um, causation or correlation doesn't Not. necessarily mean causation, right? Right. So, yeah. um. So just because they they took God out of school doesn't necessarily there is a big culture shift though too. I mean there's there, is. there yeah there's there's a lot of factors there but I think <clears throat> you know the last few mass shootings I'm pretty sure these cats were atheists you know yeah I'm pretty sure these cats were kind of ra- radicalized in this direction you know and um, still in roof an atheist I don't I know don't, if he was. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I know this guy was. I know the guy yeah. who stabbed the woman, and it wasn't a mass shooting, but on a, in Portland on the train uh, was oh, an right. atheist. And, um, yeah, there has been a lot more of that, I think, recently. And it's, it, like, it's silly to me if... Yeah, that's just, like, relative morality. But, like, it's silly to me to be, like... I don't know. It's like we need to pick a side. Like, either we're going to be... Pick a side or quit being surprised when this shit happens. Yeah. Get off of your phone. I'm looking up Dylan Roof as an atheist. You see that? You see the flared nostrils? You see the furrowed furrowed brow? I got him. I got him, dude. God bless. Uh, What did it say? Um, we... so this, this doesn't mean that, um, uh, this doesn't mean that he wasn't an atheist, but he wasn't a militant atheist like this guy was in Texas that they're gotcha. talking about, but South right. Carolina Lutheran pastor says that Dylan Roof was a church member. He could have mm. been one of those like neo-Nazi weird, like white Bible people. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly, yeah. that's exactly what that's he what was, it sounds yeah, like, which you know? might as well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But so do we even think that? I mean, is there is there a solution? Um, I don't is know. It. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm think leaning. So. I'm leaning really. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's so fucking hard to say, man. To, like, uh, to, to take away guns, you mean? I don't think I don't think that taking away guns is necessarily the answer either. I think, and I think we're going to cross over into maybe even a different conversation now. But um, there has to be a middle of the road solution, and it has to come from both parties. There has to be some common sense gun legislation to limit. Like this guy got kicked out of the air force. Because he beat up his wife and his kid, and that right. should be disbarment from owning a gun. Well, he was. It is. Legally. It is. That it already is, is a law. It is disbarment. That's I don't what know I'm how saying. He got so it. So the, the mm-hmm. Air Force, the Air Force didn't update the database. Oh. So oh, there has to be. There has oh. to be. Well, that and apparently in Texas, you can check a box off saying that right, I can right. own a gun, yeah. and they just give you the <laughs> fucking gun. A background so like, check yeah. on you. Are but you then, a bad person? But then yeah. we're getting no. in, then we're yeah. getting we're getting into the drug argument though. Like, right? That right, doesn't right, work. Right. Just because it's what illegal. do you mean? I think it would limit it. I mean, do you do you? So if gun, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and it, that bad guy probably bad would guys limit it marginally. That's true. Marginally, I think some of it comes down also to just uh taking care of veterans i mean granted he was dishonorably discharged you know but i think a lot of the more recent shootings have been former um uh, combat personnel you know i think that there's a so i agree Mm -hmm. for sure we need to take care of veterans uh, and their mental health Mm-hmm. Right. There's a serious mental health problem. And it's inc- it's crazy to me as an independent to see the president of the United States like rail against gun control, but at the same time vote and and repeal things like Obamacare that give people mental health um, treatment. So mm-hmm. so it's like some of this stuff is interrelated. And, and again, um, I don't think that there are going to be any real solutions to these problems I, I until Cause, the cause, left and the right can uh, sit at a table and have a fucking conversation. Well, let's, well, let's, but and they can't. But right let's now. spitball even. Right but let's spitball. What can we even come up with a solution that even seems plausible? Yeah, my solution would be common sense gun legislation. Again, closing those loopholes, enforcing the laws that are already on the books. There's a ton of places that get around those laws, and you might say there's enough guns out there that they'll get them anyway, and that they might will. be true, but it would be more difficult. He- hear me out here, okay? Yeah. Because the last handful of mash- Vegas, Texas, Dylan Roof, just to name three off the top of my head, they all obtained all those guns legally. They went yeah. and bought all of those guns and all that ammo. So yeah. if there's common sense, so they may have still been able to get it. Would that guy in Vegas have been able to buy all of those guns and all of that ammo on the black market? Maybe, but he'd have to know some fucking connected ass people to get all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's so, and that's a good argument. A lot of these like guys are just jamooks who wouldn't have the the street knowledge yeah. and know how to even exactly. say these things but too. Then, like, I never yeah. thought about it like that. Yeah, but it's but that's where also in, in this day and age, I mean it's harder. But uh, you know that's that's the other use of of Silk Road. It's not just drugs, but mm-hmm. it's I think it would guns, be. I think it would be a to, start. 
I think yeah, it'd be a start. Okay. That, yeah, true. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yes. It's hard to it's hard to argue like whole cloth that that would work and stop the problem, but that's certainly a place that we can begin. Kind of like a, and a like, is, w- it, it wouldn't hurt, is what. And saying. over and over a long period of time, I think it would start to limit the amount of guns on the black market. Perhaps. Because the less guns that are sold down the line, the less guns that are on the black market. And I'm and I'm pro Second Amendment, but I'm also you know in mental health. And you know one thing, especially when we talk about a case with a person with suicidal ideation, um, is always let's put some barriers in place. You know what I mean? So because when the barriers there, it makes it harder to act on that midbrain kind of mm-hmm. activation that I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, and so, that's true. And that, in that sense, maybe if there's more barriers in place that are physical, um, it's harder to act on that just impulse. I'm just gonna go do this, and my body's gone. I'm just gonna go fucking do it, you know. And um, mm-hmm. and so there's more thought, thought process, and contemplation, yeah. prefrontal cortex. It, you know? it probably, yeah. it probably yeah. is yeah. then that, that we have a misunderstanding of what is actually the problem. I don't think that's clear yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so either. I think, it, yeah, I, I mean, I think that there are tons of problems. I yeah, mean, there's, there's so many problems. Yeah. The society yeah. that we've built is goes counterintuitive to our fight or flight instincts and our warrior and hunter right. mentality. Right. I mean, there's so yeah. many things. I know, yeah. dude, I'm over it. Jesus, where are you at? Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Maybe Come time for back. another. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Like, whew, well, wait till that was this, fucking wait, depressing. Wait till just, just <laughs> wait until December sixteenth, please. I got I got to see Star Wars. Is it really? What? Yeah, that. Well, yeah. And the last one, Rogue One, came out on my thirtieth birthday, so that was pretty oh, sweet. Wow, dude. What, bitches? That's what's up. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Also, go see Thor Ragnarok. It's amazing. It looks it's, really awesome. Yeah, it's really good. I'll probably wait till it's out. I don't on know if I've some... seen any of the Thors yet. The Thors are probably my favorite Marvels. Really? Actually. Okay, I'll, ch- I'll, I'll check them I like, out. Yeah, I like them. It's good. You'll love it. Uh, yeah. Okay, guys, send us an email if you haven't committed suicide. Uh, churchandotherdrugs at gmail.com. Um, also, join our Patreon. It's awesome. You get really cool shit. Oh, yeah. And you get to help uh, fix Jed's wife's car. So that's sweet. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to say, y'all. Like, I, I've been able to use some of the the donations to bail me out of a really shitty spot. So thank you from uh, the bottom of my heart and my family's heart. You guys are awesome. And join Patreon if you haven't already. We got Slide T-shirts off. now. They're awesome. They are. That's right. They awesome. That's right. Saint. Get them. Catch you on the floor.